0: Welcome to The Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Gym Lords
0: Podcast.
1: I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show Mr. Aaron Bartels, one of three partners over at Custom Fit Personal Training coming to you from Bettendorf, Iowa. Aaron, what's going on, man? How are you today?
2: Thanks for having me today, Joseph.
1: Excited to have you. I'm excited to to pick your brain about this and, and see what it is that we can extract in terms of value for the listeners out there. Before we get into strategy tactics all that you do day to day when it comes to running custom fit i want to hear a little of the tale of how we got here in the first place i think context is important and especially those of us in the fitness industry tend to have interesting tales of of how we decided to open up our own business so aaron open our eyes to What led us to this moment? What brought you to be one of the owners of Custom Fit Personal Training?
2: Well, thanks for asking. Um, I've been training since 2008. That's when I graduated from Cornell College uh, here in Iowa, um, which actually one of my partners also graduated from Cornell College in Iowa in 2010. So we've known each other for a long time. So, and we actually came up right out of college. We got hired in Davenport, um, which is right next door to Bettendorf, um, at Gold's gym. Um, we're both trainers there. We kind of worked our way up. Um, I was the fitness director there for uh, a couple years. Um, and then we, uh, kind of ventured out about 2012 and became independent contractors, um, under a different name, um, in the same location we are at now. Um, and we, so we were both running independently, uh, you know, uh, for, seven eight years we brought a lot of our clients with us um, that we had built up over years um, at gold's gym so you know when thinking of just to make a point about um how we were starting out you know we didn't start from scratch you know i wouldn't you know it's tough we got it we had a lot of hard years um just you know building up our business um within gold's gym talking to members talking to people in the community and and you know we didn't just you know jump out of college and start our own business right You know, it took it took a lot of years to get to where we're at now, Um, but it so about 2000, about last year, last May, um, we kind of decided to partner up and start our own uh, company uh, custom fit. Um, And there's so there's three partners. It's me, Chad, who I went to college with, um, who I've been training with since 2010. Um, And then uh, uh, Barb Smith, who is kind of our uh, business manager. So she kind of helps us with uh, payroll um, helps us uh, keep organize uh, with, with some of the, the business side of it, um, where Chad and I are primarily training full-time, um, but we're also helping making decisions on uh, how we're going to market and, you know, what, what's our plans for each month. But um, yeah, that's how kind of we got going, so.
1: Yeah, and and so almost a year in, right, approaching mm-hmm. the year anniversary of this, and and the name sort of gives it away, the custom fit personal training, but Talk to us about sort of the the meat and potatoes, the service that you guys have. Is the majority of this one-on-one? Do we have other things available?
2: We're pretty split. I mean, one-on-one obviously is, there's always going to be a big market for one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have clients that I've trained one-on-one for almost 10 years now. So, right. uh, you know, and that's what they like. That's what they want. You know, I You know, they don't want to do a group. They want to be. They want that individual time. They want the gym to themselves. You know, a lot of times, you know, some of so my clients, especially that are uh, retired, like to come in, you know, noon, one o'clock and they want that door locked and, and they get the whole gym to themselves. So there's, there's always, there's always uh, definitely a, a lot of one-on-one in our, our business, but our primarily like our busiest hours, the early morning, mornings, mid mornings and evenings, you know, where it's gonna be our rush hours. Uh, we're filling that with small group training. Um, so small group okay. is, you know, we kind of see that as, or marketed as two to five people. So they're kind of yep. sharing the cost of that hour.
1: Yeah. I, I appreciate you being a little bit more specific with that. Cause small group in our industry has been bastardized up to mm-hmm. 12 people and it sort of lost the original intention there. So yeah. two to five, That's pretty fans. much split between, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and pretty much split between one-on-one clients and small group but popular times quote-unquote busy times in the gym are dominated by the small group side of things is that right Mm
2: -hmm.
1: okay is it just the two of you training
2: um we have it's we have two other part-time um trainers Uh, um one some other people too yep um we have one other guy he he does 100 percent hockey so we're kind of hooked up with uh one of the local hockey high school club hockey teams um he's one of the head coaches there and he's also Mm. certified in strength training and and so he comes in and does uh all of the hockey guys specifically just them um we kind of help out with that but that's primarily uh uh, his thing um and then we have and then we have one other part-time guy that's right out of school and he just does mostly the evening
1: got it okay so some other help there Mm -hmm. um Talk to me a little bit about the, the marketing that goes into this. Obviously marketing for a one-on-one client or a, a small group client is a little bit different than trying to pull in your, your typical boot camp or your, your open gym 24-hour kind of client. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing to generate interest in the business and pull in people on the front end?
2: Yeah, and this, this is something that we've I've used dating all the way back to when I was at Gold's Gym. Um, we want to give new clients an opportunity to try the group and kind of see the difference because, you know, reading it on the website, I mean, it does say it on there, but they don't know the difference between a group X class, a group, a group of 12 versus a group of personal training group of four, you know what I mean? That we have a custom fit, you know, they don't know the difference. So we offer kind of a, I hate to say trial. we call it a 30 day, uh, personal training experience. And that's where they get a little bit of a discount on their training, the first 30 days. And, and they can come in to as many of small group classes that we offer on our online calendar. Um, so they kind of get a really get of a, a mix, like they get a they get a really experience firsthand and try small group um, for a whole month and during that time i mean we're we're usually it starts with an initial session just like any any training gym or uh, any you know fitness director would do when a new client comes in we're sitting down we're doing all the goal setting we're we're finding out what exactly they're looking for a lot of times they're going to be a referral so we'll kind of have an idea of what they're looking to do but then we're going to really kind of plan out their month um and there's gonna be a lot of follow-up that first 30 days um, to just really get them comfortable, and they're really having a good um, experience at custom fit and so then we can really upsell them on what our small group packages are.
1: yeah, that's that's a far more scalable option as far as mm-hmm. the time investment from your side.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: In a ballpark estimate, how many how many of those types of consultations do you get in a month?
2: I, right now, we're probably getting probably eight to 10, Eight to ten, but we usually, because a lot of them are from referrals, um, you know, we're usually flipping probably nine out of 10, you know, when, you know, when they're, when we're getting them in. So, and And that's the
1: beauty of referrals, right? The sales process is typically pretty smooth sailing, right? They already know who we are. They like us and they trust us. And it's a higher quality client.
2: And that includes Uh, our athletes. Have you guys
1: looked into, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: I mean, that that includes just like that, At eight to 10, you know, we also have a lot of athletes too. So, you know, that, that's not just, um, you know, just your general fitness client. You know, we're, we're also getting, you know, sports teams in as well. So we, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but.
1: Yeah. And and so we're able to, to convert pretty well, right? The, the percentage there is about as good as you can get. And so it seems to me like if we could turn up the volume there, it might be pretty good moving forward at least have you guys looked into doing any other sort of marketing to to generate a greater amount of leads
2: yeah i mean i mean a lot a lot of the stuff that we're doing um marketing i mean we're just real old school stuff but you know we 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 do a lot of uh flyers that we make you know postcards that we'll make um and then we'll bring them because you know to some you know the schools and then we'll bring them you know, to certain businesses that we have relationships, whether we have clients there or not, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we're trying to work that referral. So if we have, you know, I have a client that has a business that's right across the street from our gym, you know, he, he always has, you know, our postcards kind of in the break room there. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, we get the phone ring and we'll get some interest there. So, um, you know, obviously social media is a huge thing. Um you know, we're, I mean, we're always promoting our 30 day uh, 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 experience on social media as often as we can. Um, but, but you know, that's, promoting
1: that's, it with posts or promoting it with some advertising money and actually some advertisement money,
2: but, but we usually oh, okay. kind of do that quarterly, you know, like we did, obviously we did one for the new year. We did, we did a, a, a Facebook ad, you know, for gift cards for Christmas, you know, You know, we're looking, you know, before spring break, we're going to do just a quick one, but, but, you know, we're always looking, you know, just to kind of find those uh, quarterly events that people are kind of training for, you know, Uh, uh, there's a big, there's a big race uh, in the Quad Cities um, in July that's uh, over 10,000 runners and you you get a lot of uh, beginner runners that want to do this seven mile race. So we'll usually do something. Uh, They kind of promote some uh, pre-training for the BICs, so.
1: Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, a number of different ways. And marketing, in a nutshell, is a a multi-channel approach, right? We need to be able to hit people in different ways. And the more poles we have in the water, the better chance we have of of pulling up a fish, so to speak. So, it's been a number of different uh, strategies for Mm -hmm. you over time. Let me ask it this way. Are, what's for you guys moving forward? Can we handle a greater number of clients than we have right now, or are we getting close to capacity?
2: Well, the definitely the small group, um, the small group we're always looking to you know get a few more, you know in you know in you know if we have three spots filled, you know on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, morning right now, you know we want to get that you know to four to five, you know so mm-hmm. we're, always, we're always I mean, and then people, people are sometimes seasonal training, unfortunately, like you got to keep them accountable, but you know, work travel, we got a lot of people that, you have a lot of people that travel for work, you know, they might, they might be off for a month, you know, we're giving them yeah. programs to do at home, but, but then you got to stay on top of them to get them back in. So you get your numbers back up. Yep.
1: That's the, the real kicker is that people that have the money to do personal training or some sort of coaching service like this have the money to do other things as well. And so yep. is there pros and cons? Of course there are. Um, yep. And you mentioned something along the way where you you said we had a number of athletes and and sports teams. How has that been in terms of contributing to the overall revenue and profitability of the business?
2: It's probably, I mean, it's probably not quite half, maybe forty percent. Um, and and a lot of it, um, I you know, I Chad and I are both uh, coaches in the community. Um, you know, Chad Ted's actually really involved with the, the, um, a local, one of the high, high school football teams, and then also at the youth level. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm a college wrestling coach at St. Ambrose university. Um, and, and I've been helping out with the youth level, you know, all the way down to first grade for a lot of the schools all across the community. So, you know, I mean, we're, you know when we're not training we're we're out in the community we're 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 promoting our business and kind of what we can do um you know uh, it, it, it plays a big part in getting to a lot of the athletes you know and, and, and a lot of times you know it just seems like with sports clubs you know we, we i would say i mean we get a lot of football kids but you know you get some of the i always call them like the Olymp, like olympic sports you know the uh, swimming wrestling rowing we have a big rowing team in the quad cities you know you get one or two that commit and they want to come in and they see results we have five or six by the end of the month new clients yeah. Yeah. you know especially those really tight-knit sports uh cross-country swimming i feel like uh even even dancing we actually have a lot of uh competitive uh, 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 dancers that come in and they're, they they have specific physical goals they want to do. But again, same thing with that referral, you know, you get, you you get one or two that start to get results. And then, you know, you got, you got half the team in here, you know, for a couple months. So I mean, yeah.
1: And that's, I mean, that's the real kicker is athletes and and sports performance in general is seasonal, right? right? A lot of businesses that find themselves training athletes one way or another work their way into more of a gen pop like you guys have because we may do drive a ton of revenue fall winter spring and then drop off or the other way around depending on the sports that we're training and so yeah. do you see yourself growing one aspect of the business more than the other moving for forward?
2: sure we're- we're definitely trying. Like I feel like the athletes, we're pretty happy. I mean, we're about where we need to be there. Like we're not looking, I mean, we'll take more as where we can fit them in, but we're pretty happy with where we're at there. We want to keep growing that general population. Cause like you said, they're going to be yeah. more consistent. They're going to train year round. There's no off season for, you know, someone working a, a nine to five and
1: right. You know, at a they can come like clockwork two or three yeah. times a week and, exactly. and you know that they're going to have the money to do so as well. Okay, good. And then, for you guys, Aaron, I mean, this is clearly a little bit different of a demographic. You mentioned that the first sort of front-end offer, if you will, is the 30-day trial, quote-unquote, if we can call it a trial, to get yeah. them a taste of different things. How have you found success in driving them towards that upsell, right? What, mm-hmm. When does that conversation take place? Are we having it? right at the end are people what does that look like
2: yeah I mean I, we typically like I said we'll meet with them one-on-one right in the beginning um, we we'll usually have like a 15 minute one-on-one halfway and then at that point I'll kind of be like look and you know we're, we're getting towards the end of the 30 days'll I'll, I'll kind of start mentioning you know I want to sit down and, and start to plan out your next six months or five months or whatever their goal sets in the beginning and then that's that's when I'm gonna kind of you know that last week is we'll try to set a time one-on-one to kind of go through pricing and just basically just kind of write out. I have just like a little calendar, you know, that a preset calendar, you know, you know, I'll kind of write out what days I want them based on what they did that month. So if they were coming in, they're averaging three times a week, that 30 days that I'm going to write on that calendar three times a week you know, here's the package we, re- we recommend, you know, that's going to work best based on what you're doing this month and just, and just see where it goes. I mean, um, we have, we offer both like an unlimited kind of a monthly small group package, and then we sell a 10 pack. So, so let's say like a okay. client, yeah, you have that client that travels more, you know, they're, they're here Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then they travel the rest of the week. You know, they might, they might not take advantage of that unlimited. Um, they're going to, they're going to, probably you know by session you know which is going to be a little bit more for them per session but they just are a little bit more comfortable with that
1: so. yeah and, it, and i mean if, if it it's probably not a huge portion of your clientele it's probably a like a small sect that opts towards that and i think psychology of a buyer is typically to go to some sort of membership based option yep. anyway yep. um and I, and I, this whole conversation, Aaron, has been geared around growing a business, right? Getting more people in, making more money, whatever that means. We've already sort of touched on moving forward, you guys looking to grow some of those small group offerings. But what's the big picture vision for this business? Talk to me um, a year out, two years out. What's the plan for you guys moving forward?
2: Oh, um, that's a good question. I mean... I, you know, I, I think we'd like to, we'd like to grow enough that we can probably hire another full-time trainer, you know, and that way, um, you know, we have a little more passive income from that trainer, you know, filling some of the evening hours. I have, I have kids in sports, right. And that's this that's the, the, the toughest thing with being a trainer. I mean, you, I mean, you work a lot of tough hours, um, especially when you're starting out and, you know, we both agreed to do that this first year, but obviously we, I want to grow enough where we, we, you know, we were able to bring on another full-time trainer, you know, cover those, those, you know, maybe someone's just starting out in college, you know, work them to full-time, but they're really getting some of those eating hours. You know, some of those later hours and weekend hours that, you know, you know, me as a, you know, a dad, I want to, I want to have available for my kids. So, you know, real, you know, really pushing the marketing to really, you know, fill in those, you those middle of the day hours where I'm available, but then really pushing, you know, those eating hours where we're we're going to be able to bring in somebody that um, is really interested in just starting out in exercise science and, and, and wants to get involved with our company. But also, you know, we want to, we don't want to make them build their own business. We, we want to, we, we've been doing this for a while. You know, we want to, I, I don't want, I don't want a new guy starting out or a new gal starting out and have to figure it out on their own. You know, we, we want to be able to train them on, and, and have them a good base client tell to start with. So
1: yeah, typically trainers are in a rough spot when they're worrying about learning the training side of things, as well as learning sales and marketing and all of that. So I think that's a smart move. And, and it's the typical chicken or the egg kind of situation with small businesses like this. Do we sign on the clients and then bring in the trainer afterwards do we bring in the trainer and then try to sign the clients later it's i mean mm-hmm. there's no right answer uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that it seems like you guys will figure out here moving forwards but there's definitely pros and cons to both and it's uh i think it's a unique case-by-case situation in which to make that call you know what i mean
2: no mm-hmm. oh, totally
1: and i mean like we said things are Trending in the right direction for you, so it'll be exciting to see where this thing ends up. You guys have a decade or more of experience on the training side of things. How can we scale this to the next level now? How can we elevate you to a little bit more CEO, a little bit less trainer on the floor? And so, like, like you said, the evolution of a business owner how can I take a step back and spend some time with family? How can I be Mm -hmm. there for? sports games and whatever things, school events along the way. I think all of this is tremendously, tremendously important to plan out on the front end because I'm sure, I mean, you've been in the industry long enough. I'm sure you've seen time and time again, gym owners who work a hundred hours a week, haven't taken a vacation in a decade. It's a lot easier to avoid that situation if we think about it on the
2: front side. Exactly, right? exactly.
1: Yeah. And and Aaron, I think that's probably a pretty good place to begin to wrap this conversation up. But before we sign out entirely, I want to give you the chance to tell people listening where they can learn a little bit more about your business and what you guys do. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where should people go for here?
2: Yeah, uh, check us out. It's uh, www.customfitiowa.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Aaron Bartles IA. Um, we're also on Facebook, um, custom fit Iowa. Um, I think, yeah, that's the main place to hit us up.
1: Yeah. Plenty of platforms to connect on Aaron, man, this has been awesome. I, I tremendously appreciate your time and your openness with how you guys run your business. I appreciate what you're doing and I'm excited to see the future of custom fit and where you guys end up taking it. So Thank you, sir. And and we wish you nothing but the best moving forwards.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're looking to join us to talk about your business model and how it relates to the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Brandy from Flex 360 Fitness. She's located in Palm Coast, Florida. However, her company is completely virtual. So, Brandy, what's up? How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me absolutely thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate it uh let's jump right into the details here how did you get started what is it that made you want to own your own online business how did you get started with all of this
3: well it actually started with my for the company that owns flex 360 fitness is crazy Sock divas and we did fitness promotion and originally we wanted to just bring more people to fitness and one of the big issues before COVID even was a thing was a lot of people that wanted to get involved like stay-at-home moms or people that work from home they couldn't actually make it to the gym back and forth Mm -hmm. so when COVID happened it actually opened up a door to be able to do things virtually because prior to then there were so many rules around music licensing and how you can do things you couldn't do things on Facebook you couldn't live it on instagram there was all kinds of things that would happen so uh covid opened the door to really lay out the the foundation for us to be able to do this and like zoom for example it was just for businesses like you couldn't put on music and make it sound good so all these upgrades have been made over the time that um we can actually do a full production live stream very well now because of covid getting into it
4: right okay All right, so now what does your business model, your service offerings kind of look like right now? Are we focusing mostly on group classes online? Are we providing any other types of services along with that? How does, how do you structure things basically?
3: So everything is focused on group fitness online. And we were very particular about how we wanted to do that. So we have like, where you can do unlimited classes. So we have a full membership, there's no contracts. We have different packages that where you can do um, like 10 class packages, you can do drop-in classes, whatever works best for people. Um, The big piece is having that accountability with the payment Mm scale you know that they don't feel like they're locked in that if you know they're just paying for a subscription that they're not going to be using you know um and we 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 experimented a little bit with personal training online but the group fitness vibe is still best for virtual i believe
4: okay and how many clients or members are you currently serving
3: so we're still very small our first year anniversary is april 1st so we have um about 77 actually we have exactly 77. (laughs) Okay. And um, a third of those are recurring every single month. Other ones are on where they are dropping in or buying class packages. So there's different like commitment levels for people, but
4: got it. Okay. And what types of classes are you doing? Are they um, like hit style? What, what types of classes are you offering?
3: So, my first love is Zumba, like that's how I got into fitness with Zumba, so we definitely have Zumba and the like Zumba Gold, Zumba Toning. We also have, we like circuit style, like my husband teaches on the platform, he does a class called Circuit 30, I do Tabata, I do Strong Nation which is kind of a hit class but it's more tempo based than interval, timed intervals, and then we also have recovery workouts. We do um, stability ball and total body stretch classes, so we try to hit every dimension of training on the platform.
4: Okay, absolutely. So now, the people that are training from home, do they need any type of equipment for that? Or is it something that they can do without equipment? How does that kind of work?
3: We we try to model everything where you could do it, you could do it without equipment. And we can make modifications early in the pandemic when you would try to go get dumbbells online. Everything was sold out. So we're like, get some cans from the kitchen, get some water bottles, laundry detergent, jugs, whatever you could make work. Um, But you do, it's best if you have at least a set of dumbbells and a mat, I think is always good to have on hand. Unless you're just all in on Zumba, then you don't have to have anything.
4: (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and how many classes are you offering on a typical day?
3: Um, daily, we usually four to six, it depends on which day of the week we're on. Um, that's Monday through Friday. So there's usually a morning class, then we'll have a lunchtime class. And then we have two evening classes that we'll do. Nice. And so, um, and we've got them timed kind of where like, they're very specific for certain, um, demographics, like the moms at night, they want to have like, where they can drop their kid off at their five thirty activity. They get home at five 30 minutes, and then they go pick up their kid again. So nice. we've really been successful in structuring those classes to meet those needs.
4: Okay, and so is that kind of who you would define as your target market? Or is it a little bit more broad than that?
3: It's definitely more broad. It's definitely a key target. There's a good percentage of our users that fall into that category. A lot of retirees also love to take our classes um work from home, people who work from home or who have really busy work schedules that they want to get home and they want to knock it out and then get to cooking dinner or whatever they have to do. Um, we typically like anybody who is kind of too busy for fitness is our target.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It definitely simplifies things. And I mean over the last two years or so there are quite a few people who actually got pretty comfortable with working out at home. You know, and it just kind of makes sense for people too. Continue along with that. So, now as far as acquiring new clients and new members goes, how are you getting the word out there about what you do? I mean, the beauty of it is that you're not limited by zip codes. You know, so many actual brick and mortar locations, you know, it only really makes sense for them to go within a a certain radius. But for you, it's kind of like endless. So, how are you? targeting? How are you getting the word out there? What does marketing look like? Um, How are you growing?
3: Well, it's kind of a double-edged sword on being able to be to the masses right our most effective has been through social media and really connecting with people who take our classes like through referrals that grassroots has still been no matter what we've done campaign wise has been like the most effective and we have a facebook group to keep members engaged or prospects they're allowed to add their friends to it that's been the most effective piece of it one of our big struggles is because we can reach so many and because of the pandemic there are so many virtual offerings so you're competing with thousands upon thousands. And the bigger issue is that many of those are for free. They're offering their services completely free. And companies like Zumba have tried to encourage their instructors like you need to charge for your classes and there needs to be value. And so they'll sometimes they'll try to go into a donation based model. But it's hard to to really assert your value when you're competing with those that they're, you know, they're, people are always going to choose free <laughs> over the paid model, you know?
4: Yeah. So, And, you know, a lot of times some of those services that are advertised as free aren't necessarily free. A lot of times that's just like a way to get the people kind of in front of you. Um, So that might be kind of the route that those companies are taking. But, I mean, regardless of that, are there any other services that you're offering that kind of separate you from... Those other kind of companies that you're competing with, are you doing offering nutrition, accountability, things like that, uh, specific programs for people um, to, to solve a problem or fit a specific need that allows you to separate yourselves a little bit?
3: I think that how we conduct our classes kind of separates us with them being live streamed a lot of So one of our competitors are going to be the the giants like Beachbody on demand or Les Mills on demand like they charge a monthly fee But the issue people theoretically love on demand. I can do it anytime. I want to on my time but in practice, because we had a larger on-demand library in a previous arrangement, people are not using on-demand, or they will get five minutes through or ten minutes through to a part they don't like, and they're they're done. Right. So having live stream really puts that accountability there. I show up, I see you, you're here. I know my students who's going to be in and out. Like there's that piece of it, um, and also I know I know my students. So um, I may have I have sometimes that people they're in their 20s all the way up to in their 70s in my class. They're in the same class, and I have to reach all of them. In, right. and how I instruct. And so um, that's another big, big part of it. So, um, you know, I think it, we, we've done some challenges and things like that, but the bigger piece is like offering that consistency and everybody who takes our classes leaves feeling successful. And I think that's our biggest strong point is how we conduct that.
4: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, above all, typically what people need is accountability, right? And right. that's something that's missing. And that's why all of these really large, companies can charge the really low fees because so many people sign up but don't actually take advantage of the programs that they're offering right right right. like owning a brick and mortar facility and being worried about anytime fitness or gold's gym or planet fitness or whatever it might be you know they're there and they have a lot of members at a really low rate but they thrive off of people who don't actually come into the gym Right. right. Those people aren't actually getting results. They're not actually going through the right programming to get them where they want to be. They're just making a donation monthly, basically. Right. Know exactly. That's, that's exactly it.
0: There.
4: You know, it's just like the convenience of it. If I want it, it's there. Whereas right. a company like yours separates itself because you are engaged, you are motivating, you are holding people accountable. You know, it's a different level of service. So. Right. You know not being afraid to charge for those services and provide that extra level because if you don't charge for it you really can't provide that extra level right like it's your right. time it's your energy you know this is your business at the end of the day and there are people out there who are looking for that specifically you know right. getting in front of the right people and and they're out there i think now more so than ever right so, right it's it's definitely, there's definitely room in the market for it. Absolutely. Right.
3: And it's not just your business. It's your body. Like you're putting on this workout yes. day in and day out, you know, if, on demand is easier because I can record it. And it's done, you know, and then let it do its thing. But whether you feel good, bad, whatever it is, like your live stream, you're on and you push through and, you know, put the miles on.
4: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I talk to a lot of gym owners, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of people who do similar things to you. And most of the time, they are not live streaming, you know? So even that in and of itself, that's separating you from thousands and thousands of other companies that are kind of, trying to do the same thing but not in the same way right, right so it's definitely m- much more personalized it's almost like personal training or that group class but just just virtual you know right. it's like a, the same kind of connection but um not actually being in person so that's cool it's it's different so right. what are your main focuses and your goals for 2022 what are you directing most of your attention and energy to within the business for this year?
0: Well,
3: we definitely, of course, want to keep growing our member base. Um, we would like to do some more in-person engagements where we can, and it doesn't have to be limited to just our local area. Um, I'm from Atlanta, so I would love to make a trip up there and do some exactly. kind of, you know, just to get get people engaged and see kind of what we're about in person too, to get them online to try things again. Um, we're looking to add more formats. Um, we have currently, my husband does cycling. He loves doing that format. Um, I want to do some more recovery-based. So definitely looking into expanding offerings that we have.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then as far as reaching those groups of people, how are you planning on getting the word out there? Because, I mean, we love referrals. We love word of mouth. We love the grassroots stuff. But typically there's kind of a limit to that as far as like, how many people other people know and of those people how many are interested in fitness and then of those how many are looking for a virtual option so there are definitely limitations there not to say that it doesn't work it definitely does Um, but beyond that reaching that next level of growth what is kind of the plan to get there?
3: Well, in the past I've done like press releases. I'm, I'm not afraid to like send out our own publications for things like that. And also crazy sock divas because we have specialized in media and kind of like hitting people in different ways like that. Um, yeah. our following is national there. So okay. we, we have the ability to organize in certain areas. We can look at our member base and say, okay, there, there's a lot of concentration in this city or this city. And I think we're going to, we'd probably start there. Um, yeah. it's, it's always easier to hone in on a particular location. To market even with it being national yeah um because you kind of just kind of scatter everywhere when you just hit broadcast everywhere kind of things
4: yeah. yeah absolutely casting a wide net like that isn't always the most effective you know right it's like when you're trying to reach everybody sometimes you end up reaching nobody exactly well, yeah <laughs> narrowing it down a little bit to a specific area is definitely helpful now with crazy Sock divas so is that kind of going into the details kind of what is that is that like uh the parent company to your company is it a marketing company what what is that as a whole
3: that's you know crazy stock divas when it started that was kind of the big thing is what is it going to be well what it was was that it was a group of women that we all went to the same gym together and it was just a silly thing that we did like if it was like a birthday or when i came back from having my daughter like we would wear crazy socks to gym class and it caught on with the whole class so if <laughs> we all were like let's this would be really cool to kind of make it bigger so our big focus was always fitness promotion and we've done it under different areas i mean we do obviously we sell crazy socks um but when we had a podcast we do blogging like we different media forms yeah. so um it is the parent company for flex 360 fitness um because we, that's a product of it it still falls under the hat of Um, fitness promotion, but it's still kind of evolving as far as crazy stock divas themselves of what we are, you know, we keep the mission to what it is and whatever spawns off, you know, (laughs) we explore fully.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Very cool. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every personal trainer, every gym owner, every business owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, starting their own business, what would that be? What's one of the the most important lessons you've kind of learned along the way?
3: I think being real about what you're doing and really putting your passion into it is the best, best thing you can do. Yeah. If you're if you're doing things that you think is going to serve someone else and it's not your style and it's not your passion, it's not, it's not gonna work.
4: No. Yeah. Being genuine goes a long way. You know, yes. and that's really it it really is conveyed to people, especially, you know, when you're sitting down with somebody, whether that be virtually having a, a conversation or a consultation with them, somebody who's thinking about joining. Being genuine and really passionate about what it is that you're doing and really believing in what it is that you're doing goes a long way. You know, it's like it becomes just a conversation and how you're going to help somebody, and it doesn't feel salesy or awkward or weird. And you know, there are so many personal trainers and gym owners that are kind of afraid of sales, but if you're really passionate about what you're doing and you're truly helping people and changing their lives, then sitting down with somebody and having a conversation about how you're gonna help them in an area that they really need it is right. why you're here. So, and, and it starts with being genuine and passionate about what it is that you're doing.
3: And that even involves like physically, like to put yourself out there of what you're doing. Cause even though we're trainers and you know instructors, like there's still that we're very critical of ourselves. And so like, even on marketing, I've had had this conversation with other instructors like we look at something and we say that's my worst video ever I'm, no i can see this but yeah. some of my least favorite videos that i have published for my followings have gotten me the most leads like hands down and it's because they're not looking at like the flab that i think i see on my arm like they're right. like oh that workout looks fun she looks friendly i think i could do that like there's a totally different connection so it's kind of separating yourself from what you think you should look like as a trainer and how you should look, you know, perform as a trainer and what people relate to.
4: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with that specifically, as far as ads go and kind of getting the word out there and whatnot, it's like a lot of times we have this idea that the ads that we're running should be these professional looking like super sharp images of people that are really in shape or you know whatever it might be and the things that typically do the best are the ones that people feel like they can relate to you know people look like normal people like oh that's me you know it's like they want somebody that they can relate to you know a lot of times those professional looking ads and people who are super in shape and whatnot scare a lot of people away you know especially for serving like the the general public um so i mean that's that's a really good really good point there and and like you said sometimes this used to happen to me all the time too you know i would go and run an ad and i'd be like oh this is gonna flop and it would perform better than any of the other ones i'd ever run and i'm like wait a minute like (laughs) <laughs> right? Sometimes there's like, it, it just surprises you. So definitely uh, being open-minded in that department is huge. Right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
3: Um. So the website is www.flex3. You said social media? Yes. <laughs> well, we'll go back to that. So I just flex 360 fitness is on Facebook, Instagram, and um, you can also find crazy Side on both of those.
4: Okay. All right. Perfect. All righty. So Brandy from Flex 360 Fitness in Palm Coast, Florida. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great having you on the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful.
4: Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
4: Use coupon code Gym on Prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
5: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of KJ Fitco in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Excuse me, Cameron Johnson. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? <laughs> Good man, but it has bad bad time to get a little scratch in the throat. Thank goodness we're not a uh, we're not primetime radio. But anyway, uh, excited to have you on. Let's dive into it. What's KJ Fitco all about?
6: Well, KJ Fitco. When we talk about KJ Fitco, I want people to be familiar with what we call the daily drip. So. It's a concept based off of as soon as that first drip of sweat comes off your forehead, it's yours. Like at no point can anybody take that away from you. So it propels you into your everyday life. I think that fitness is a component that helps with mental health, helps with relationships. And the way we go about it at KJ Fitco is it's always a customized approach. So think functional training. Think performance. Think being having your body pushed in some way, shape, or form that will give you your first challenge that once again transfers over into everyday life. There's always gonna be a push, there's always gonna be a pull, primal movement patterns, and each workout is gonna be different in some way, shape or form, but always touching on those movements.
5: Awesome, awesome. We're gonna get a little bit deeper into all that in a few minutes, but before we go to present and future, let's talk about the the past uh, and your path to getting where you are. Started with some college football, and then you've had um, had a couple of stops along the way to starting this thing up. So, what does that path look like?
6: So, for me, uh, while I played football, I trained with my uncle who had a small box gym, and that's been a major mentor for me. And at that time, the place was called Hip Fit. And Hip Fit, I worked out there during my off-season times, and then transferred over to at that time, which is the big box gym. And I worked there for eight and a half years, had some success, did some things as far as going against the grain which actually helped me in the long run. And then from there, transitioned to now, I had a choice to make, this was 2020. Everybody knows when COVID hit, everybody all of a sudden was paused, right? So I, myself, personally, always knew that I wanted to go off, quote, unquote, on my own and kind of see what it was like, right? And COVID pretty much expedited that process. So I had a decision I could either sit on my butt, collect unemployment while all the clubs were shut down, or I could use this time frame as an opportunity to be able to think about what it's going to be like on my own time. So I started doing virtual training in my basement leveraged some relationships that I gathered over my eight and a half years at uh, the, the big box gym and then from there took a leap of faith walked away from a six-figure income to start my own deal and it's been the best decision that I made so far.
5: Man quite a journey but it sounds like in some way shape or form like you're kind of destined to be on this path of, of involving fitness and in- wellness and training into your life and other people's and uh you know still early on to the ownership phase of the facility but you know if if there's any doubt um you know for some people i think you know am i in the right place am i doing the right thing it sounds like for you it's just it's full steam ahead this is what you're meant to be doing
6: oh yeah no question couldn't imagine doing anything else right now like just the thought of going back to where I was almost makes me cringe because at that time there were definitely great things but I felt like I couldn't reach my maximum potential because I was always looked at as just a performer versus nobody really respecting the ins and outs that go into making a performance go live. So I'm just loving the opportunity to learn from as many people as I can and leveraging relationships and really putting ourselves in a position to be able to kind of make a splash in the fitness industry. Yeah, for sure.
5: And, you know, you, you didn't come tiptoeing into this thing. You, you came in, you got a good size space, right? You're, you know, probably somewhere North of 3000 square feet. So you didn't go, you didn't go real small, like, you know, just enough so you could do one-on-one training. Um, how much of, of your space factored into, the business model you wanted to execute when you first started, how much of it was opportunity based on real estate with COVID and everything that was going on. Like there's always plans and then there's reality. So where did that intersect for you and and how have you taken advantage of that?
6: Well, first off, I ran into a very blessed position. One of my clients that I had from my previous space which is now a really good friend of mine, we ended up partnering on this space. So it gives us a large amount of space. So it's a club softball team. There's 50, I think 54 or 55 girls on that team. And as far as the business plan is concerned, everybody knows that we came from the COVID time, right? So it was the, the, the idea of you know, social distance. And I ended up getting equipment and set it up to where I would do group training. And this space allowed for that to happen. But our classes are capped at 10 participants. And participants are paying between $32 and $36 per session. And everybody, let's say, for instance, the workout asks for a plyo box, dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance band, and a suspension strap. Throughout those 10 lanes, everybody has their own equipment versus some spaces You're limited in space and programming to where now it's you spend a certain amount of time at this station and then you spend a certain amount of time at that station. And I think what our differentiator is, is being able to provide a custom personal training experience inside of a large group atmosphere. So that space is everything as it pertains to the business model and where we feel like we differentiate. Got
5: it. Got it. So one of the things that you just mentioned is your dollar per session. First of all, <laughs> having a handle on that is, is probably more than a lot of people who have been in business for a while. They don't think about it in that dollars per session. But if you have a handle on your numbers, right, what gets measured gets managed. As, as You know, as fitness trainers and, and healthcare care pros, things like that. We always tell other people that and then it, it doesn't always show in, in how we run our businesses. So that puts you in the really in the realm of a premium service, right, especially for for group executed fitness. Um, a lot of times people will come in when they're new to the business and they they'll look around and see what other other gyms or other you know similar facilities are charging um, in the I, I would venture to say the the majority look around and they say all right well this is what most people are charging i'm brand new so let me charge a little bit less right so you came in it sounds like with an idea that you are providing a premium product and you you want to be premium priced and just knowing hey this is what i bring to the table i'm going to charge accordingly and i don't i don't feel like i need to discount myself or undervalue it how did you arrive at that the setup that you have, the pricing model from the get-go?
6: So first of all, I definitely look at what it is that we provide as a premium service. Um, I sometimes feel like my clients can explain it better than I can. They just get it. Like, Because there's definitely people that think about like, oh my gosh, $32 for one hour of a group training session? Yes, because they still have that idea of group training being you know, your instructors over there looking in the corner, talking to this person, and it's not that interpersonal or intimate experience. But what it is that we provide is, I mentioned this earlier, it's a personal training experience inside of a large group atmosphere. So you get the accountability of the person next to you or the persons next to you. And also, I Go off of a philosophy called your space, your pace. So what that means is is each and every workout has regression for progression. So I can have within those 10 participants, I can have a seasoned workout person that's in the gym five, six days a week. I can have a person that just showed up for the first time and had ACL surgery. I can have a person that's 55 years old and has a hip issue. And I'm able to cater or regress each and every movement while still sticking to the template in order to still optimize the performance for each and every individual versus coming to a gym and saying, okay, boom, here's the workout. This is how many reps you got to do. This is when you got to do it. Here's your weight range. And then sending people on their way. It's more of, okay, we're touching. Okay, Susie has a bad ankle. Okay, well, we won't be doing balance when we get to our particular movement, but we'll regress the movement. So as soon as can still, as I said, optimize her performance and have a custom experience within that group session.
5: Yeah, for sure. And, and I sometimes lose sight of the fact that a lot of gym owners aren't, you know, if you're the type of gym owner that's listening to this podcast, then you're probably doing some research, but it's so common for people to not, know what other fitness modalities are out there what other training is there what what people are paying for and you know more commonly i end up using the example of you know some of these spin studios like soul cycle where hey if you love being on a spin bike bless you it's not my thing but but they'll fit 40 people in a room and they're paying 30 to 35 dollars a session to what someone on the outside might think you know just it just looks like a regular spin class now their instructors are rock stars and they have amazing you know community and all that stuff but they are not getting a premium tailored personal training type experience that may be executed in a small you know small to medium group and they'll pay that so that that perception of value gets so skewed and, and there are countless examples of this. Um, I love um, concepts like Orange Theory, like Soul Cycle, where it'll raise the market up, or at least it'll show, you know, gym owners like yourself who have a more, uh, more involved, more personalized service that's going to yield um, more customization uh, more lifespan people can grow and adapt with you and it raises the market up and shows like hey you can charge this like you can actually make a living doing this provide opportunities for other people you know and whether you love the soul cycle model or love the orange theory model it's there it's not going anywhere and it's it's raising consumer expectations of what they're going to pay you know 25 dollars to go run you know treadmill run um, do burpees and uh, rower at at Orange Theory yeah. is not Mickey the same experience bro. that you're offering.
6: I so, would definitely say no.
5: So and I think there's room in the market for all of it, but I'm thankful for those things because they bring it up, and it's not as big of a delta for you to say to somebody, "Hey, it is 32 to 36 dollars average a session." We're providing, you know, X amount more things, mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable with it. You don't feel like well, hey, I don't have this billion-dollar marketing budget and all this glitz and glamour, so I get to charge less. You you right. put your value where it is, put your line in the sand, and, and there you are. So I love that you've you've embraced that.
6: I think another thing on that, too, is um. so one thing I'm really big on is as we continue to grow and expand, I want to make it so, therefore, the performer, for instance, that comes in and learns the daily drip model, as far as training is concerned, I want them to be able to come in and be well compensated and well taken care of. So therefore they're not feeling like they're being taken advantage of. Cause I could easily just give them a cookie cut approach and say, Hey, Bob, I need you to come and teach class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I'm going to pay you 30 bucks a session. Well, that right now there doesn't one give that performer that much of an incentive to be able to want to show up and bring their a game. But if I'm able to say, okay, How about this? Here's the template. Here's what it is that you specialize in. Let's couple that together. We charge, like I said, 32 or 36 dollars a session. And now I'm going to pay you 150 bucks for that hour. You might show up a little differently mentally. You might give yourself and your clients a little bit better experience if you're coming and showing up for what's a good dollar amount versus like I said, 25 or 35 or even 50 bucks for a session. Because if you do the math on it, if there's 10 participants paying 36 bucks, that's $360. Or that's if it's $32 if people buy um, a package and they get that 10% discount, but that's 320 bucks. You take taxes out of that, then you put it to where one, I don't have to be there, but I still have money on the house. And then that performer gets to run their play and it's a situation to where, hey, now maybe they want to teach four classes a week. Well, do the math on that: six hundred bucks for four hours. If you get the right numbers in there, that will give the performer an incentive and a situation to where it allows them to grow and expand and learn without being restricted on what their personal brand is.
5: Yeah, hundred percent. And I, you know, you uh, you mentioned this. Um, mindset of providing opportunities for other people for for giving them you know the ability to, to earn a good living in a way that doesn't require necessarily you to be there um, still provides a good service to you know to your clientele. There's there's a lot of things that interplay there, and that's something else that you built into your business model with your your trainer model as far as um, not. You know, as, as far as having trainers who can come in and, and rent out a space or pay you a fee for, you know, whether it's um, per class or per month or or per head, also providing that opportunity to where, again, you don't need to be the the technician executing, you're getting utilization of your building uh, up higher and providing opportunities for other people. So where does that factor into the mix?
6: Um I would say, so hopefully I'm answering your question correctly, but the big thing as far as space rentals concern, as we're still trying to grow on that aspect, but I talked about this earlier in terms of your space, your pace. So if I have, let's say hypothetically, a personal trainer that works with um, athletes, right, I want our space to have the proper equipment available, the proper atmosphere available, so therefore that fitness professional once we set the standard of putting all your stuff back and, you know, just simple stuff like that, as far as gym etiquette, they know that they can come in there and they can be themselves and they don't have to have someone looking over and saying, Oh my gosh, why are they doing that movement? Or, Oh my gosh, why is it that they're having, you know, setting it up this way? It's like at the end of the day, you have your niche or your niche, however you want to say it. And you have your business model as an independent contractor and you run your play. And that's just how it should be versus, Sometimes I think what can happen is, is once you have um, a brand, right? Let's say like an Orange Theory or a Berries or you know any other uh, boutique gym, they want you to do it one way, which definitely serves its purpose. But I want to be able to almost have the best of both worlds, to where one that fitness performer can come in do it their way, but two, I think what's going to happen over time is they're going to Learn little tidbits based off of the standard that we set within our space to where at some point in time, they might say, hey, you know what. I don't like how my workouts are going, I would like to see exactly what it is you guys are doing and then that creates that natural segue of okay here come try out daily drip class. Let me know what your feedback is, tell me what you like, what you didn't like, and let's get you integrated into our system. But still, in a way, if you still want to go and train that way, that's perfectly fine. We won't take that away from you.
5: Yeah, so it's more providing a a general umbrella, feeling an on-brand atmosphere, so there's a comfort level for people coming in, regardless of what what trainer they may be working with, which which one of the things that are offered in the building they can have. So if there is a transition to be made, it, it, they're already there's some familiarity, they're already comfortable with maybe some things that they saw somebody else doing. It invites curiosity. It's almost like hearing about the gym that your friend is going to, but being able to actually see what's going on. So if you're thinking about, upgrading or trying a different service you're already in the ecosphere so it just lowers that barrier a little bit and keeps keeps people in-house rather than having to look for variety elsewhere
6: you said the best just like that yep natural progression i would say
5: absolutely yeah And, and people people's lives change schedules change they have different seasons of their fitness there's different things you know where they may want to work exclusively with the trainer they may want to work in a group heck you know and you may have people that want to do a little bit of both so being able to allow them to do it in a place that they already know like and trust you and the people that are around it's gonna it's gonna breed that familiarity and confidence there so so those are kind of the main ways things are executing um, as far as involvement goes right now um you know we're early on, right? We I think we called it one plus one off the air. First year of business was mostly remote. There's lockdowns, shutdowns, all that stuff. We're going on about eleven months in person. So you're still, you're still the tactician, the technician on the floor, executing a lot of the sessions going on. Um, how much for you when you're doing these sessions is, um, you know, in the actual fulfillment where you're just You're doing it, you're going about, you know, providing the service the client paid for. And how much are you thinking like, this is how I can replicate it? This is how I can scale it. This is how I can systematize it. Like how much back and forth is there in your head when you're executing about where you want to take the the business as far as that goes?
6: That is a day-to-day process. Each and every day I look at it in terms of reverse engineering, because I mentioned this kind of off there in terms of it makes sense to me, right? As far as the philosophy, as far as the movement progressions, as far as the selection of exercises, the placement of exercises, the duration, the time, the tempo, all that stuff is like a bunch of numbers going off in my head. And I get to grasp from that. And each day is like uh, an adult playground, right? And I feel confident that as I continue to refine what it is that we provide, like I said, I have a guy, his name's Randy, and he teaches class also, and he's one that's been able to be frequent in terms of not only being consistent with his, um, his ability to be able to learn the process, but also frequent with asking questions, frequent with being to class. So he also understands the concept and philosophy, and that allows me to for instance, I'm going to Florida and I'll be gone for a week and I feel 100 percent confident that he's going to be able to run the play, run the brand how we would just based off his frequency. So I want to be able to take another person, more people through that continuum in terms of understanding what the philosophy is. And my biggest thing is I want to make it be more of a template with autonomy. You know what the principles are, you know what it is that we're trying to provide, and you get to make it your own in a way without butchering it too much, if that makes sense.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's like giving two Michelin star chefs the same recipe. Exactly. You get a little bit of variation, a little bit of personality in how it gets exactly. executed, but it's going to be recognizable as the same, same meal. It's going to be, you know, every, every, all the components are going to be there, but you know, you, you give the, the trainer, um, fitness performer. I like that, that phrase, um, the ability to add in their personality, Mm -hmm. but to not lose the integrity of the brand of the program.
6: Exactly. What the standard is, let's say hypothetically, it's a, a level change day and you, instead of doing a traditional step up, You that day wanted to do a transverse box step up. You have that autonomy to do that based off of your group, based off of where and how you're feeling that day. So therefore, it always still is that customized approach, period.
5: So Randy is the the first person you're bringing through this program that's going to have many, many iterations and development over time. Um, How much do you look to him for feedback in how does, how does this feel from your side? If, you know, if you didn't know me, if we didn't have this relationship and take that to kind of further evolve this process, how involved is he in it?
6: Very involved. We talk on a weekly basis, almost on a daily basis in terms of, okay, what it is that I can provide for you. So therefore this makes that much more sense. Also giving him the autonomy to be able to, give ideas from his perspective. Um, he has the ability to, if there's a class he wants to start or if there's a question he has in terms of a movement or if he wants to switch anything, he has the ability to do that. One, because I trust him. And two, it allows me to take a step back and also learn how exactly as we continue to grow and scale, how can I best from a leadership standpoint Communicating a way that it's receptive to each and every person, but also I'm just so big on the fact that people should be able to do things how they want to do it. Like what optimizes the performance versus I don't want to turn a whole bunch of or turn people into a whole bunch of robots because I've seen that happen on a large scale. Right. And then I think about when COVID hit, there's so many people that kind of dispersed and say, you know what? I'm going to do it my way, right? There's going to be a lot of those people that scatter back because they realize that it's not as sweet as you might think going off on your own and having to deal with the ins and outs and building your own business and whatnot. But I think that it's an interesting concept in terms of how things have changed since COVID. It's like, I want I, the analogy that I use is like letting a bunch of animals out of the zoo, Right. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, shit, I can go and eat on my own when I want, how I want. Wait a minute. I'm never going back to that zoo again. I'm going to stay out in the wild. But then there's some that are like, oh, my gosh, I get fed at this time. And, well, when when, 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 do, I have, when do I get to go back, right? So I want to be able to capture those that are now feeling free, right, and have found ways to find food. And not only found ways, but they're looking for ways to learn How to find their own food, if that makes sense.
5: Yeah, I I love that that uh, metaphor there. I might I might borrow that. I'll try to give you credit if I do, but
6: talk about spread love.
5: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, So last topic, I think in um, you know probably something that we could dive into for a long time, but I I want to give some you know at least a few minutes to it is. You were talking about how you know how things scale, and that could be on a micro or macro level. Ultimately, for you, um, you want KJ Fitco and Daily Drip to be more than just a local, you know, Minneapolis area thing or you know, yeah. Eden Prairie or however however you want to dive down into it. Um, what are the ultimate? What are the you know like Jim Collins, one of my favorite business authors, calls it the big hairy audacious goal, like. Where do you want to see this go? Do you have a timeline in your head? Like, what are, the, what are those things that, you know, when you put your head on the pillow at night that you that you try to let yourself dream about taking the business to?
6: Yeah, so that's, um, there's a couple of different lanes as far as that's concerned. So KJ stands for, my name, Cameron Johnson, FIT stands for the fitness aspect, and the CO does not stand for company. It stands for community, collective, collaborative. So I always look at fitness just being the vessel. So when I have a group of 10 people or let's say a group of 20 people, I want those people to utilize fitness as an opportunity to create genuine relationships. Maybe that's a relationship in business. Maybe that's a relationship in mentorship. Maybe that's a relationship in um, you can think about in any other category. But when I say fitness is a vessel, it's just A small tidbit in terms of where it is that I see this brand going because when I look in a room and I see a CEO in a room and I see a marketing specialist and I see a former collegiate athlete and I see an unemployed person that's looking for a job and all of a sudden this person connects with that person through sweat now all of a sudden we're having pretty much a touch and being able to touch on people's lives that go well beyond just the gym. So when I think about us as a brand, I want to be able to have people have one, a customized experience as it pertains to fitness, but two, I think everybody that, that has already in our infant stages came into our space. They can speak in terms of a progression that they've had, outside of the four walls whether it's from a business standpoint whether it's a financial whether it's a spiritual whether it's relationship and that, that's pretty much how I look at it
5: all right so this this thing is uh, is something that I mean it sounds like you you have the work ethic you have the you have the drive behind it you have this thing that you want to spread for the sake of the impact you can have you know it's it's great that it's a business and you know you can you can pay your bills from it and things like that it just sounds like it's something that you just have a calling to spread and affect and impact as many people as you can and, and bring people together through that daily drip through the sweat and, and kind of level the playing field and say hey this is where we can all push push each other forward
6: 100 no, yep that's uh I say it's more than just a business, it's more of a, a vision that's much broader that I've just used working out to be able to kind of set the stage per se. I gotta ask one
5: more question on the, the topic of of daily drip. Is does this factor into you? Is there is there any is there any branding play, apparel? I mean, drip has this double connotation now, right? So it's like. You know, like, is that something that you're going to play into at any point with as far as like apparel, branded products, thing like that? Because it's catchy as hell. I'm not going to lie. So, like, it. when I heard Daily Drip, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. So, is that on the radar
6: for you, too? 100%. So, um, I've been blessed to now be an ambassador for Lululemon. So, we are going to be doing some products in terms of just traditional branding. So I have my logo. There's two different ones. Actually, now there's three different ones. So there's the KJ one, which first arrived. And then there's the this one, which is the Another Day, Another Drip, as far as what I have displayed. Then there's also the Daily Drip one that we just came out. And I have a gal, her name is Hannah. She does a wonderful job as far as helping with branding and She's just got the touch. I, I would keep an uh, eye out for that name eventually. And um, as far as apparel is concerned, that's one for us, free marketing, right? And two, it's another avenue or another lane for business. So we're actually putting in an order right now as far as Lululemon apparel with just simple tanks, shorts, hat, tops. So therefore, people can sport that gear and not only sport it, just Cuz, but sport it confidently, knowing it's something that they can wear and feels that they're a part of. And I've had so many people ask about, hey, that's a cool logo. I want, you know, I want to. That's a cool hoodie, or you know, it's just multiple different things and areas that we can go through. So, answer your question: Yes.
5: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. If you if you build a community around it, and you have a good logo and it's catchy, people people will be beating you down your doors to try to buy that stuff. So I love that you're embracing it and taking it as an opportunity. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's also marketing. It's people paying you to do marketing for you. So yeah, it speaks a lot to what you've built the brand, what people so far, the feeling that's associated with it, because that's what, what people buy in a lot of, you know, they, they buy this collective, they buy the feeling of being part of it. So if you hadn't built it, you know, a a cool, catchy logo, you know, something like that might be, might be one thing, but having a, that strong feeling associated with it will will definitely, that's going to, that's going to channel the right people for the right reason that you want out there, you know, being, it, you know, in the community representing what you have. So I love that. Uh, What I don't love is we are almost out of time, sir. And I got to get this question in because it's my favorite. If you could go back a week, a month, a year, 10 years, somewhere along the line of, of formulating and being being in this business and being in this community, if there was something you could tap yourself on the shoulder, tell younger Cameron, like, hey, listen to this, this thing. Is there anything that stands out for you?
6: Yeah, so I learned this from my dad. He always said, if it's slow, it's for show. If it's slow, it's for sure. Think about anything that you have in life, if it happened really fast, nine times out of 10, it's nowhere to be found, right? But think about the stuff that you had to grind, you had to show true grit, you had to learn through experiences, that right there would be considered the for show. So the biggest thing is making sure that one, you never burn any bridges, two, anybody that crosses your path, make sure you treat them in a wonderful and respectful manner because you never know when you have to make a phone call. Leveraging relationships, I think, is big. So, one thing that's helped propel KJ Fickle in the Daily Drip is I know wholeheartedly what it is that I'm not the best at, right? But I also have contacts to where I can say, and these people work at a very high level, and I can say, okay, I need help with this. And I've created enough rapport and enough of relationship to where they'll help with that product or help that service the same way they would to a Large corporation, or the same way they would to a prominent small business or something like that. So relationships, man, it's what it all boils down to, and just knowing that you don't know every damn thing. <laughs> just yeah. take it slow, man. To use your um, your working years, right, as an opportunity to kind of map out what it is and what it'll look like for yourself personally.
5: Definitely. A couple knowledge bombs there to close us out. Uh, Last question is going to be an easy one for our listeners. If they want to find you, they want to find out more, they want to follow KJ, Daily Drip, all that. Tell us everywhere we can find you. Websites, social medias, everywhere to go check you out.
6: Yeah, I say we're the most active on is um, our website is www.kjfitco.com. There's also a tab there that gets people connected to our mobile application, our mobile app. Um, also, as far as social media is concerned, I'm heavy into the Instagram. but Everybody's telling me I need to get a TikTok. So I think that'll be my next move there. But uh, Instagram is at KJ Fitco. And I would just say, make yourself familiar with the daily drip. If you don't know, one day you will. If you don't know,
5: go find out. Uh, you better believe it. Get get familiar with it. Okay, sir, we got to let you go. It's been a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to checking in on you in the future. Big things coming down the road for, for KJ Fit and for uh, Daily Drip. I hope you had as good of a time as I did. I wish you continued success. Thanks for spending some time you. with us today.
6: Yeah, thanks, Tom. Definitely a pleasure.
5: You're, you're welcome, sir. And everyone out there listening, of course, we wouldn't be here without you. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, crush the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives.
0: Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com.